0: there he is
1: what's up
0: what is going on man how are you you good how's it going it's going man i was just saying it's hot up here like up here in new york we're known for our cold but we're getting like a heat wave so what's what's going on where you're at today man it's
1: it's always hot for me, so it doesn't matter if it's in the middle of winter or what. It's like <laughs> I I sweat sitting in front of air conditioners. So uh, uh, this man. is this I get that. Yeah, this heat this heat for me is pretty crazy.
0: I think we're back. Can you got me? Yeah, I got you.
1: Just Sorry
0: about that. No, we're good now. I just had to get that set up nice so what's uh what's going on with you man you just released a new project congratulations
1: thanks man yeah it's been pretty awesome it it's, it's yeah. one of those things you know you build up to and build up to and then all of a sudden it's done and and, and then now, you're like it happened yeah now you just now you just
0: take it out <laughs> yeah no wow. all that all that work it... and build up man yeah it's yeah I can imagine, but you're kind of, it's, this doesn't end here. You got like all this stuff kind of coming up the rest of this summer and I want to chat about that a little bit. You're going to Australia, come yeah. up here in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah? yeah. Yeah, we travel, we're pretty much out almost
1: every weekend all the way through September and we wow. do a lot, you know, that's kind of what we do. So we travel, travel quite a bit.
0: Yeah, we're going to dive into some of that, but let's just kind of start. If it's all right with you, I just want to yeah. dive in. I want to make the best use of our time and, and let use of your time if that's all right. Let's do it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So man, we're just going to kind of talk a bit about the process today. We're going to talk about your story. We're going to talk about what the Lord's been doing in your heart and in your life and just kind of some of the things that you've been growing through, man. Um, But before we dive into that, just kind of tell us a bit of your story. You're you're originally from Kansas, right?
1: I'm actually, yeah, I I grew up in Indiana and uh, so then I went to college in Missouri and eventually ended up at a church in Kansas City, Missouri. So we, I've been Good a idea. worship leader. I was a worship leader there for about 14 years. And then uh, just about three years ago, moved out, out here to Nashville. But when I was in yeah. Kansas City, you know, for me, I've just, been a, I've just been a worship leader. So even when I moved to Kansas City, I'd led a worship at a couple churches. Uh, before that, I was in Rapid City, South Dakota, which is the middle of nowhere. And then moved out to Pennsylvania, was a worship pastor in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and wow. ended up mov- moving to Kansas City. Yeah, ended up moving to Kansas City because we basically, uh, after three years, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore.
0: <laughs> and yeah. wow. kind of got
1: kind of got burnt out on leading worship after just a few years. And wow. yeah. and so i really got my life changed when I was 21 years old. You know, I grew up in a pastor's home, but I, I went to a yeah. church that was in a little tiny town called Smith, Missouri, and just got just, I mean, it just changed my lives. First time I'd ever really felt like I uh, experienced the presence of God. And so when we went to Kansas City, we really went to just visit to kind of get, you know, fed and, and get ourselves uh, kind of fired back up. And when we went, the pastor stood up yeah. and we were sitting in the back, we got there late, and the pastor's getting ready to preach. And before he preached, he said, hey, I just feel like I got a word for somebody. He said, the place that you're at, he said, you're dying. And he said, "You just need mm. to know, Jesus died for those people. You don't have to." Wow. And mm. so, I remember looking at my wife at that mm. point. And so I moved. We moved to we made a decision to move to Kansas City. And when we made that decision, you know, even my family was like, "Hey, you're, you know, you're gonna you're missing out on destiny." Because the pastor found out I was coming and actually sent me a message and said, "Hey, you just need to know, there's no job for you at this church." and we've got a worship pastor. I know that's what you do. Right. And I said, yeah. man, I'll I'll clean your toilets uh, as long as I get to be with people who wow. care. And so when I moved there 15 mm. years ago, 16 years ago, I actually did. I cleaned the toilets. And uh, that's wow. all I did for the first uh, probably six months to a year before I started volunteering with the youth and little by little got involved in worship and then ended up being the worship pastor there for about 13 or 14 years wow uh, before we moved out here
0: yeah wow dude yeah so you, this was like i mean this wasn't even on your radar from the sounds of it in the beginning oh, you were like hey yeah. you're like like what made you let's just go back even further the beginning part we were like hey you know we were leading worship for a couple years and just what got you even into that like how did you even find yourself saying like hey you know i'm gonna be on staff you know at this church leading worship i mean was it yeah. something that just kind of happened organically or were you kind of coming out of school or whatever and just being like hey you know i feel the lord's calling me to ministry and i'm gonna be a worship pastor was this like you know i know we talk with different folks and and different folks have different stories but there's been kind of a theme at least from my noticing that yeah when the lord calls somebody to ministry it's usually not necessarily reluctance but kind of like hey this isn't this wasn't quite what i was expecting to do but tell us your story i guess how did that even happen how did you get to do this
1: Well, I mean, for me, you know, I grew up, I'm smart enough about it. I grew up in church hearing people say, you know, don't tell God you won't do something because you'll end up having to do it. So (laughs) I, I kept telling God, I'll do whatever you want. And I still ended up having to do it. So I don't think it really matters if you say you will, or you say you won't is what I've learned. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, for me, I, I mean, I grew up in church. I always loved, you know, loved really the church itself. And when I was 15, You know, some stuff happened in the church that was probably defined some other things for me about church. I learned that church wasn't always a great place. Mm. It felt pretty hypocritical and really tore my family apart. So at that point, Mm. I wasn't sure that I wanted to do anything in the church. And so when I first went to college, I went for music education. And, thought, well, I'll I'll just be a teacher, you know, maybe I'll just teach and kind of go that route. And and then honestly, it was when I was when I got when I went to that church service, and uh, the presence yeah. of God was so powerful and so strong that it what it wow. does. You know, I've always said this. I think one of the things is is we we tend to put ourselves into the box of what we know. So our perception mm. of things and our reality dictates our response. So even my daughter, wow, you yeah. know, my daughter's mm. sixteen years old. And since she was 12, she kept telling me, I think I, I think I might want to be a nurse, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a nurse and I, there's certain things about that that I know, uh, is right. But what she means is I love taking care of people, you know, Mm. uh, I Mm. want to see people who are sick be made well. Well, Mm. what, what she does is she takes her skill sets and puts it into what she knows. So she knows that, well, that a nurse does that, but you know what else does that? uh mm. is is a missionary. You know what else does that is a minister of the word of God. So Mm-mm. I didn't talk her out of being a nurse, but what I did was I took mm. her to Uganda with me. And once wow. we went to Uganda, it expanded her view of what her skill sets could be used for. Yeah, and wow. that doesn't mean she mm. won't be a nurse, but it does mean right. that God might have given you those skill sets for other purposes. So for me as a wow. parent, my job isn't to dictate what she does, but my job is to make sure that her perspective is widened. And for me, Mm. my perspective was like, hey, here's my skill sets. I don't want to be, a, you know, in in my own heart, I I, I didn't want to beg people to love Jesus. That's what I saw most of the time as worship leaders. I didn't even see Jesus begging Mm. people to love Jesus. So Mm. I I felt like I shouldn't have to stand up every day and say, please worship. Please lift your hands. Please do something to show God you care. And I was just like, Mm. I'm not going to do that. Mm. So the best thing to Hmm. do is just be a school teacher, you know, because my skill sets line up with that. And then once, you know, really once I feel like God really got a hold of my life at 21, well, then my perspective shifted, you know? And sometimes most, most what people need is they don't necessarily even need just a job change. They just need a perspective change. And once Hmm. you see who he is, you know, I always say, I feel like, you know, we've done a really good job of teaching people how to sing, but we haven't done a good job of teaching people how to see. And 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 the, the difference is, is I can sing a song and just throw songs into the air, maybe even feel something. But when I see him, nobody really has to tell me to keep on singing. Nobody has to tell me at the end of a song, yeah. like, hey, keep on worshiping. Like, there's a, there's a good chance mm. you won't be, you know, you'll have a harder time stopping it than anything yeah. just because I see who he is and I can't help but declare it. And so for wow, me, yeah my my job to become a worship leader was more birthed out of I finally became a worshiper you know Wow even yeah. even when I did start mm. start working as a worship uh, leader at this church in Kansas City uh, you know I didn't I hadn't played the piano at that time I'd never written a song at that time mm. and so my pastor actually forced me to play the piano as the youth pastor I wasn't they still had a worship leader and he said, you know, hey, would you try out a piece of equipment for us get on the piano? I was like, I don't really play the piano. And he's like, you went to school for music. And I was like, yeah, but I dropped, my, I dropped my degree when I knew I had to play the piano. I didn't want to play the piano.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So I got up and played a couple chords. And long story short, I remember he made me still do it. And I remember being down in my basement. It was like 2 in the morning. And I'm so frustrated because I cannot figure out how to play this thing. You know, my left hand's not not working right. And... And I, I, I remember crying out to God, like, why do you want me to play the piano so bad? Hmm. And I felt God hmm. say, I'm not trying to wow. teach you how to play the piano. I'm trying to teach you how to worship. Hmm. And, and I realized that one of the things I'd done with worship was I just had overcomplicated it. And and I thought, you know, wow,
0: yeah. I, I went mm.
1: to school for vocal. I thought if I could sing sing it perfect, sing it right, it's just going to be beautiful to God. And I felt God wow. basically strip it back and say, "I'm not looking for your perfection. I'm looking I'm just looking for sincerity. I'm looking for I'm looking for it to be innocent again." And the way to yeah. do that was to mm. remove what I felt was my greatest strength, which yes. I felt was my vocal. Wow. Yeah. And God mm. said, "I'm going to put you back in a position of weakness so you can't rely wow. on your strength yeah. anymore." And so I would sit and just worship for, you know, down in my basement till three or four in the morning and just sing, sing the Psalms. And that's really how my songwriting even started was just, you know, I felt like God wanted, I was sitting in a service and my pastor preached a message I couldn't find a song for. And so I remember one of those nights, I was like, I'm just going to write his message into a song. And Mm -hmm. there was no other, there's no other reason for me to write a song besides just my church needs a song to sing, you know? And, and that was, dude. you know, 14 years ago. And I'm, that's still the only reason I write today, you know? Wow,
0: dude. Sorry, I'm just processing so through all this. This is such good stuff, man. That was a long wow. explanation for, uh, no, it was <laughs> for goal, why I'm doing it. No, it was I that. love it. I love it. Like you touched on so much there. You touched on, you know, the, the fact of, you know, the, the imperfections of the church and being able to work through that and to, to have the Lord use those experiences to bring you to a place of. Of being reminded of who he is and how he loves you, uh, yeah. and being able to to develop that that heart of worship through that through that intimacy with him. Because man, you know, better than myself, better than most, I'm sure, of what it means to to be a worshiper and to look around at the church today and to 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 sometimes to the, the way Tozer put it was to be spiritual engineers. There was a lot of spiritual engineers in the yeah. church today, and and yeah. to be able to to strip through all that and come to a place of personal relationship with the Lord and say. I love you so much that I'm going to respond to you, and yeah. you're not manufacturing that response. That response is a sincere overflow of what he's put inside of you and what he's revealed to you, and that's yeah. just, that's his just gold, man. I love that you went there, and uh, he's taking you through all that, man. So that's process. That's yeah. what we're talking about today. Yeah, the process. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still and in. Uh, <laughs> we are, we all. I love yeah. it, man. Um, so let's just kind of jump a little bit. That we talked about some really good stuff, but let's just kind of take a little bit of a turn. So you know the Lord's just kind of you know taking you through this process that we've just kind of talked about, just saying hey, you know you're serving in this church, you've kind of walked through some hard things, um, and then you know how did you end up coming to Nashville? I guess what was the transition that you know the Lord was just saying hey, you know I'm I'm you've been faithful in in this, but you know I have something different in mind for you. What was yeah. that? What was that transition into that something indifferent that the Lord was just saying hey, let's let's kind of switch gears a little bit. What yeah. what was that?
1: Well. It was, yeah, it it was kind it was a, it's a hard thing, you know, because for me, we, we, I signed with Integrity about five years ago as a writer and then, um, you know, put out an album through our church uh, called Rushing Waters. And then we did another, another album with Integrity called Coming Alive. And, and then, you know, I've been with Michael Farron. We've been doing ministry together for a long time and we were traveling and, the Lord really just started speaking to me about raising up a generation of, of real shepherds. And mm, mm. I felt like everywhere I was looking, I was seeing kids with guitars. I, I just didn't see very many shepherds, you know. And so yeah. part of that is we've created it. It's not their fault. It's that's what pastors are looking for. And they, mm. they were looking for somebody who could match the Hillsongs and the Bethels. And, the, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that but sure. what happened was they forgot what birthed that you know what birthed the hillsong yeah. was was a really small church in australia uh what birthed bethel was not what you see now and, and nobody wants to go through the birthing process they just oh, want yeah. to they want to be a part mm. of the imitation process so wow. we've, you yeah. know uh, mm. i think malcolm duplicy calls it uh karaoke worship you know like we just mm. we've done a really poor job i think of raising up Uh, I'd say psalmists and even worship leaders and shepherds and because we were okay with kids with guitars as long as you can play a little song for me as long as you can get us through that 20 minutes of what we need to do is music to match all the other churches um, and just get me Mm -hmm. to my sermon you know so we kind of created the platform for it and we just wanted we just wanted kids to be really good musicians can you imitate this good enough can you you know we came out and out I'm not against tracks, I'm not against lights, I'm not not against any of that stuff, but we've kind of created it to a point of nobody has to think through anything anymore, nobody has to even, Wow. I'm not even sure, (laughs) I'm not even sure we even, uh, well, I shouldn't put that, you know how it is, I, there's times I kind of wonder, like, do we, do we ever Hmm. ask God, like, Hey, would you make your presence known as much as? Hey, uh, you know, do we feel like we can we can nail this song just like Hillsong did? You know, and wow. I'm not even sure if his presence pulled back if we would even know it, just because we've kind of programmed ourselves enough wow. to kind of go through the motions. Yeah. So, so mm. my thing is, is like I was talking to Michael, and we we really feel, felt God say, you know, Malachi isn't going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons of the fathers, yeah. and so. We felt God saying, "Are you willing to even give up a platform to see some sons win and succeed, and start teaching them that songs are really supposed to be more rods and staffs? This is more about my sheep than mm. is the tools. And I, no matter how good wow. you are with songs, and no matter how good of a musician you are, like it just doesn't impress me that much. Just because you have shiny swords, I want to know yeah. if you got blood. Wow. I want to know if you got blood on it. You know, and mm. uh, I, I'm kind of tired of us just showing all of our pretty tools." But not using them to set the people free that we're called to shepherd. Yeah. So yeah. for me, songs are rods and staffs. I use a I use a you know a rod to beat the living tired of an, every enemy that's tried to whisper into my people's ears this week. Hmm. And then I'm going to use a, a song as a staff to pull people together so they feel safe. And wow. and Ma- Michael and I have been walking that journey together for a while. So we decided we're going to do through all about worship. We do all about worship and. We're we'll start yeah. doing some training, and we're gonna start pulling guys in. We're not we're not going after the massive numbers. We're we're going after the twelve. You know, can we get twelve guys who want to start, you know, learning how to be shepherds and pouring yeah. into that next generation? So, we had been doing that, and the more we were doing it, the more we felt like, man, we got to figure out how to do this more together. And I was traveling so much when I came to Nashville to write, I had to do it without my family, and I hated that. Mm. So I went to my pastor and sat down with him and the other leaders of the church who are my closest friends and and told him my heart. And I said, do you feel like this can happen in Kansas City? And he said, well, I would hope so, you know. And so he said, let's pray about it. You know, let's, let's, let's see what God says. Let's take two months. Let's all pray about it. So we did. And he called, we went out to eat again and said, he said, man, I feel like, this is supposed to happen in Nashville. He said, I feel like you're supposed to do this in Nashville. Hmm. So, you know, I decided at that point I went to my worship team and I told my guys that I've been with, I mean, most of them have been with me for at least 10 years. And I said, Hey, I talked to pastor, this is hard, but I feel like God's calling us into another season. where We're supposed to just pour into worship leaders and songwriters and see what God does in this next season. And my team, my, all my guys looked at me and said, well, then we're moving too. And so <laughs> I made wow. them all talk to our pastor separately and all of us wow. two years ago sold everything we had and moved to Nashville just to just to do that just to really pour into another generation of songwriters and worship leaders it was never the goal was never so we could go out and just write songs or never go out so we can do a CD and you yeah know, all this stuff part of that is just yeah. part of the process. And yeah. but for us, it was really just so we could get ourselves in position to help serve this next generation and however we can yeah. to see them step up in yeah move.
0: now let, let's just pause there for a second now let's touch on something that's maybe a little touchy all right so just kind of give, give you a little bit of a, a kind of a forewarning here but you I'm know man you talked about you know you know uh, imitations before yeah. people wanting to be imitators versus you know, people who birth something new, you know. Um, these conversations that I've had with a number of folks who do similar type things and maybe guys that you probably know, um, they talk a lot about, you know, the idea of, um, you know, the local church being lost in the midst of worshipers chasing after something outside of the church or something bigger, yeah. bigger than the church. You know, when our first call as servants is to the local church, right? Yeah. Um, whatever you know, interpretation that ultimately ends up being, you know, um, and a lot of folks that I've been coming across of on the flip side of that is a lot of guys in my generation and gals, um, they I've seen them chasing this this idea of like, hey, I'm gonna we're gonna go out and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be you know shepherds and we're gonna do all the things that you're kind of talking about doing for other worship leaders. But they just haven't had the life experience or the ministry experience or, let's just be honest, the the internal fortitude to be able to face some of the things that really need to be faced to be able to lead other people and to be able to set an example. They haven't walked through a process. So kind of in your own life, what were some of the evidences in your life that were just like, hey, this is something that the Lord is just making very clear that. You know, he's calling me away from serving in my local church, where there are no lights, there are no production, there are no albums, there is yeah. no integrity music, and yeah. we're gonna go out and we're gonna take a step of faith and 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 follow the Lord's leading. But what were those evidences in your life that kind of said, "Hey, this is this is the Lord calling me to do this," versus yeah. you know saying, "Hey, we're just gonna go out and do this and we're gonna put ourselves out there, we're gonna be like." you know, some shepherds for some worship leaders and and to do all this. So talk us through that. What was that process and that that journey for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the process, again, is still happening for us, you know, because I think, number one, our desire is to always serve the local church and how we can do that the best. I think that one of the good signs of it is I'm not afraid to be pastors myself. So Mm. you can't, you know, you got a lot of guys who say, I want a father, but you can't find that they have any. And so never trust somebody who says that they want to learn to be a father or teach people how to father when they've never had a father themselves or never been willing to submit themselves to a father. So for me, like I said, I didn't go to my pastor and say, hey, man, this is what I'm going to do. I went to my pastor and I said, you know, because I think that's how most people do it. They go, this is what I know I'm supposed to do. And I need you to bless it. That's why I'm telling you, you know, and I didn't do that. I went to him and I said, hey. This is what I feel God's calling us to. Do you feel, what do you feel about this? Do you feel like this could happen here? Do you feel like this could be a Nashville thing? What do you feel? And I think that that's part of the problem is that even guys who have tons of potential to do great things and a lot of the moves of God that have happened over the years, you'll find out what ended up happening to them in the long run is they weren't, they wanted to be fathers, but they didn't want to be fathered. So they lost Mm, all accountability. So Mm. even, and I'm just going to be honest, I mean, even when we moved here, I, I, my, my mother and father-in-law have been executive pastors at that church that I was at for over 20 years. They've been pastoring for over 40 years. And I, I went to him and I said, would you be willing, this is a huge step for them. Would you be willing to basically retire and come and and be with us, work with us. I'll build a house that you can live in, be with, you wow. know, be with us. And, and I, the reason is, is because I'm not going to say, I want to father, I want to help father generation, not be willing to be fathered myself. And mm. so they did, they retired and they moved with us. And, wow. and, and he knows, call me on my crap. Call me if you see me getting out of bounds, call me if you see something's not right, because I wanted to make a statement to God that I'm not going to start trying to step into something that I'm not willing to have done myself. And I think mm. a lot of people, the younger, especially a younger generation, I feel like, in our culture right now there's just a rebellion against authority period so nobody yeah. wants to place themselves under authority but scripture is super clear you know how you treat yeah. uh, how you treat an authority that you can see uh, is probably mm. uh, a, a good picture of how you'll treat an authority that you can so number one i'd say the process involves being fathered or pastored yourself the second mm. thing is is a lot of people want to then be the man so for me I realized Hmm. when I moved and I had responsibility for my own team that this wasn't about me. So I asked God, how can I get them to be able to be empowered more? And I felt God say, well, they can't empower Dustin. They can't own Dustin Smith. And so at that point, we dissolved an entire ministry, spent thousands of dollars dissolving a ministry uh, and started Here Be Lions. Because Here Be Lions, the name actually isn't about us being the Lions. Yeah. the phrase actually comes from the early Voyagers who went yeah. out to find untapped resources, undiscovered territories, and they marked it with here be lions, which meant the it. lions are out there. So it's not just, you know, a lot of people want to be the lions. That's why they go out because they feel like we're the lions we're going to be, well, yeah, there's an aspect to that. But the truth is, is like our whole journey has been spent giving other people a platform is trying to find like every city mm. we go into we get up and they think that we're we're showing up to reveal we're the lions, but we're not. We're actually showing up to help them find their roar again, to wow. empower them to be something. So the process has to be one that you're willing to lay down your own pride, your own self, your own yeah. you know, put yourself out there in a sense of, don't tell me that you you know all the financial struggles and all that. That's part of the process. Showing my yeah. willingness to serve and to be a part of something bigger than myself. Wow, wow. Dude, I
0: love those, it. Those those were a couple things. A <laughs> <laughs> couple things. No, yeah. no big deal, right? Yeah, right. No big deal. It's Man, let me just kind of switch gears with this here. I am just want to keep track of the time. I want to make sure we're respectful of your time. Um, So, man, you already kind of touched on some of the stuff I wanted to talk about, too, just the, the story behind Here Be Lions, you know, yeah. like how that even came about. So, um, man, just uh, talk to me. We don't typically talk about albums on the process. And uh, I'm sorry, the album's on the podcast it's mostly about the process of things yeah. but i, I want to make a little bit of an exception here because this i've heard your album man a number of times i heard it before i feel kind of like i'm in the secret special club because i got to hear it before it came out but anyway um man i'm listening to this thing and i'm like man there's so much packed into here so let's kind of talk a little bit about it just like man what was this like some of these songs i have a feeling have been written for a while you yeah. know um some of these songs i think from what i understand are kind of newer songs at the lord's birth for you guys but just what was the process of kind of compiling this album and and what was your heart and your mind approaching this cuz man this is this is your response to the lord man and it's yeah. it's evident in the way that these songs come out and the lyrics of these songs that they're coming from a place of of just a, a deep understanding and a deep work with the you know from the lord in your heart and you're just responding to that so tell us yeah. a little bit about that work
1: yeah well i would say you know for anybody listening even when talking about the cd for me the cd is just part of the process i feel like too many times <laughs> this is Nashville specifically but like yeah. everything leads up to this CD like it's it's the big event the problem is is like when the event's over everything drops it's like yeah. oh, what now what are we going to do like mm-hmm. what's next and then it's like well we got to create another event so let's create another CD and for me wow. i think yeah. people mm-hmm. need to stop mm-hmm. being so event driven and start mm-hmm. being process driven you know for me this is a CD is just part of the process because what it does is, I mean, there's thousands of people doing it and doing it well. There's so many yeah. good albums out there. And some people even ask me like, why why another album? You know, like, why, why, why do another album? Why spend the money? Why do that? Well, for me, you know, uh, scripture mm. says in Habakkuk it says, and the knowledge of the glory of God will flood the earth. And for me, this is just part of that. Like, it is our responsibility as worshipers, worship leaders, To let the knowledge of the glory of god flood the earth and so when i first started talking to our producer jacob Suter, one of the things i told him is like i just don't need to I, i have zero reason to create another cd just to just to put more songs out there i need something that prophesies i need something that speaks to where we're headed i need i need something that speaks to what is god saying right now is what is he doing in the church because You know, Jenny Riddle uh, is one of my favorite people. She's been a good friend for a long time. And one of the things she says is um, songwriters have one of the most important jobs, uh, you know, out there, and it's to put words on the most powerful voice on the planet. And Mm. so part of our job is like, what does the church need to say right now? That's why I like a song like God, Would You Forgive Us is something that I feel like right now the church Mm. needs to say with with racial reconciliation with, uh, you know, with all the, all the divisions that are out there, all the stuff, there's power when we worship, you know, Uh, another song on the album is a declaration of what God is doing in this hour, I believe in healings, I believe in, in people, you know, the dead coming back to life, and so for me, it's less about creating a CD, and it's more about creating a voice of what God is doing in the earth right now, so i understand the power of a community singing these songs versus Mm. just an individual singing them because when i you know scripture says uh faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so when Mm. i sing a song to you it could ignite faith in you but when an entire congregation sings it then all of a sudden it becomes a voice to their city if every spirit over that city gets to hear that this is what we believe this is what we believe about god this is what we believe about our future this is what we believe yeah. about this city. And it's, it's it's the one time during the week you lay down all your own preferences, you lay down all your own stuff and you get to unite your voice with really something that is under one banner, you know, and that's Jesus. Yeah. So for me, the process mm. of writing this CD and even songs that have been out there before belong to you, uh, you know, written, I know you had Steven on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Steven is, is yeah. uh, what an incredible guy. And yeah that song, you know, Steven had already had that chorus of belong to you. And when we sat down to write it, uh, we had that morning, we're sitting in the room and I get a call from my drummer, I step out to take it. And his brother, which is a good friend of ours, uh, lost their 18 month old baby. And they went in the morning and he was he was, uh, he was dead in his crib. And it was a shock. It was a sudden thing. So I walked back into that song right with that. I mean, that's that's what I went you know that's that's what wow, and so jay and and Stephen and I just had to talk about um about that, about loss and about uh, what is it, what is this family gonna have to walk through now, and how do mm. we how do we speak to this? and yeah. all of us looked, and it's like the enemy can't take what I have, change who I am wow and and even the beginning of that song it says, "You call me out of darkness, you silence every lie, and no other yeah. voice will define me. I belong to you. So wow. in that moment, you know, we wrote that song and I sent it to my friends that day, um, you know, who had just lost their baby. And basically this, yeah, we don't deny that a tragedy happened, but this will not be the defining factor of your life because you're a part of something wow. bigger that does not know death, you know, uh, it, it is, it's all life. And so wow. every song for me, Miracles is the same thing, you know, with Chris Kalala. Why do we put it on the album when it's already recorded? because this wasn't about another band uh trying to just get out their next coolest songs this was about partnering with with songs yeah. that are meant for this hour that god mm. wants to see uh ignite a, uh, ignite a generation and miracles mm. is one of those songs you know for me it was birthed again out of a testimony revelation says for the testimony of jesus spirit of prophecy that means my testimony is someone else's future you know? And so when somebody hears, oh my gosh, this happened to you. Well, that means it mm. can happen to me because that's how Jesus works, you know? Yeah. And wow. and so it gives people hope again, belong to you. We get testimonies all the time of like, this gave mm. me hope again, you know? Mm. And same yeah. thing with miracles. It's miracles are being birthed in people's lives. And a lot of times it's because they heard the song and faith, you know, faith came by hearing and it awoken them to something so this album for us is part of the process of what god's doing in our own lives and what b- we believe
0: he wants to do in the life of the church wow dude sorry i you you'll have to ask my pastor because if you ever meet him he, i'm a processor
1: it's i'm
0: not it's, it's hard for me to kind of just come right back and just be like yeah. wow but it's just uh stuff sinks in and it's just just good stuff Cool um man we're we're coming up on the half hour man so you know i appreciate your time and, and coming and hanging out with us today and and uh yeah, I, I know we didn't get to cover quite everything that i was hoping to cover today but that'll give us an excuse to have to have you back again at some point yeah, down man, the road. But, any anytime um, you let me know man what can we be doing to pray for you and to encourage you in, in this season of life and, and ministry yeah. right now man
1: i mean for us you know it's just i think it's the same thing that solomon asked for you know it's It's the next step in the journey of what God's doing. And I realize, like, when I read scripture, it doesn't say that Solomon actually asked for wisdom. It says when God asked him, he said, give me a discerning heart that I might judge the people righteously. And I think that Mm. part of me is like, there's a lot of crap out there right now, you know, on social media, a lot of battles, Mm. a lot of fights. And I'm asking God, like, don't let that cloud my vision and don't let that cloud what you're doing. Give us discerning hearts that we might judge things righteously, you know, mm. and, and in that moment, um, for me, I wanted to be able to cut through the noise because mm. I think the enemy has done a pretty good job of turning us on each other. And, yeah. you know, Christians are about some of the only people I know that cannibalize themselves, you know, mm. and yeah. keeping us from uh, <laughs> the enemy. There's no way we can fight the spirits of darkness because we're fighting each other and so i think for us it's like how do we how do we do that how do we break through the noise and start unifying the church and so you know we're traveling the world and meeting with people all over the world trying to ignite these fires of what god's doing we were just in poland we were in india we're flying out to australia we're talking about a trip uh, to mexico and uganda so all these places but right here in our own our own country i don't feel like it's right travel the world to try to ignite fires if you're not trying to ignite them in your own home you know Mm. and so for us we really do want to see a generation rise and we're not looking to be the front of it be the lead of it but we told god but we do want to be used in it and so you know we want that discerning heart that we might be able to continue moving forward uh in what god's trying to do and and not let any of the other battles and all those all that stuff to slow it down. I always tell the guys like, well, everybody else is talking about doing something. Let's just do it. Like, let's just quit talking and let's just do it. You know? Right. And uh, yeah. we're, mm-hmm. I'm kind of tired of all the, you know, all the, the big talk on Facebook and social media. And I, yeah. it's funny cause even today I moved all my social media platforms to the the back of my, you know, my phone on my iPhone. And I actually have like 30 pages cause I have kids. And so <laughs> they download a new game, I think every, every five minutes. So, uh, oh, man. you know, so I'm, but I took all my social media. I, you can't get it, you know, you can't get rid of it these days just because there's things you have to, you have to do to, you know, to, for your voice right. and things out there and, and even to know what's going on sometimes with other people. But, yeah. um, but for me, I just moved it to the back of the phone. I was like, I don't need to see that. Every time I wake up, I got notifications. Every time I saw, yeah. And and so I think if all of us would just move social media to the back page, and we would start looking at mm. each other's eyes again, having these kind of conversations, yeah. grab a coffee with yeah. somebody uh, that you yeah. disagree with, and find out what you unify mm. on, you know, and yeah. and so yeah. um, wow. moving forward
0: with that, that's probably the things we'd love prayer for the most. Absolutely, and man, just. You and James, keep it up, man. You guys you Thanks, guys man. crack me up. So. But Thanks. again, I appreciate you coming on and, and hanging My out with us. You, and uh, much love to you guys. And we'll have to do this again sometime soon, man. Thanks, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem, man. We'll catch up soon. Enjoy the rest All of your right. day. Thanks, bud. Bye. Bye.